Thank you for joining us for a new edition of Inside Lyme podcast, Ask the Lyme Doc, with Dr. Daniel Cameron. Dr. Cameron today will be talking about a newly published case involving a 16-year-old boy who developed heart problems due to Lyme disease. The teenager had complained of heart palpitations and chest pain. A bullseye rash was not seen until he was examined by his doctor. An EKG showed that the teenager had a first-degree heart block and he was diagnosed with Lyme carditis. Unfortunately, the heart block progressed to second-degree heart block along with episodes of complete heart block. This is an important topic as children make up more than 25% of all Lyme disease cases. They're one of the most vulnerable populations. And while most people believe that symptoms are mild and often resemble the flu, more serious complications like cardiac problems can occur. Thank you, Dr. Cameron, for joining us today to discuss the topic. Thank you, Darlene. I I thought this case was rather interesting because they went to the emergency room not because of a bullseye rash. They went because of symptoms. And in this this case, they don't present with an erythema migraine rash. They present with maybe a week worth of symptoms first. Fortunately, the family happened to be coming to the emergency room where they diagnosed it with a rash. They diagnosed it and acted accordingly. Now, first degree heart block is an electrical disturbance where the current going through the heart is just slightly delayed from the atrium to the ventricle. You know, sometimes we always think, well, it'll go away with a pill. But in this case, it started going from first degree heart block to second degree to a complete heart block and back and forth. And so it became a very important finding for, for the family and for the doctor. And the doctors treated with an antibiotic. Fortunately, the kid did not need to have a pacemaker. If the child had been home, if the parents hadn't brought it to the hospital, there's a chance the child would have, could have been seriously ill. In this case, uh, it shows you uh, the importance of families observing the child. It also shows the importance that if there's a cardiac problem, it could progress. Now, this is early Lyme. You know, if somebody's been sick for a long time, they often don't have that kind of problems. But early, in the first few days, that's when you typically see the, the electronic changes. And, and it's very easy to treat if you catch it that early. So if you've been treated for Lyme disease, say for several years, and then you develop heart problems, would you attribute that to Lyme or should, should you be concerned about that? I have a lot of patients in my practice who've been sick for several weeks, several months, several years, who often have symptoms related to the chest, they have palpitations, they just don't feel right. Uh, and uh, quite often I'll send them to a cardiologist, do an EKG, and if they feel right, they might do an echocardiogram, they might do a, a stress test. Well, these cardiologists haven't been finding any cardiac problems in those cases. For some reason, the electrical disturbances seem to occur early on in the disease. I mean, I have a lot of them go to the cardiologist because I don't want to take chances I want to have a thorough evaluation. There's certainly effects on the heart, but 
not the kind of Lyme carditis that uh, I see in early Lyme. Well, how is Lyme carditis actually diagnosed? Lyme carditis uh, was originally just an electrical disturbance, and you treat for that electrical disturbance. But over time, some people have other problems. They'll have inflammation of the heart. They'll have cardiomyopathy, which means the the heart's not functioning very well. Um, There have been a few deaths where they see Lyme spirochetes in the tissue of the heart. In actual practice is that we can't really go in and do a biopsy of the heart. We have to look from a cardiac perspective if there's something wrong with the heart and act on that. We don't have the tissue to confirm Lyme carditis. Now, uh, Dr. Neil Spector, who is the author of Gone in a Heartbeat, is really um, brought a lot of attention to this topic of cardiac problems due to Lyme disease. Well, Dr. Spector had been sick for some time and and had uh, some cardiac issues. And eventually he um, needed a heart transplant. Now, because this doesn't happen very often, is that I haven't seen anything even close to that in my practice. the cardiologists over time are gradually gaining some experience. They'll get these rather unusual cases. Uh, the, the problem with cardiology is that if they can't find any spirochetes of Lyme disease in the heart muscle, or if they can't get in and do a biopsy, is that they'll just call it something else. There's always the worry from the Lyme disease community they don't want to have a treatable heart condition that gets dismissed, not as Lyme, but some other heart condition or heart problem. And the cardiologists are beginning to take an interest in this topic. So you'll see case studies in the literature where they'll discuss uh, the cardiac findings and they'll share it with the cardiac community. And this is one of those where they shared it with the community. So we can learn to look again at heart disease in kids. Now you can have a, a range of severity with cardiac symptoms, correct? So does the treatment vary then depending on the degree of yeah. severity? Well, the heart block is an interesting time because it's easy to treat. And normally you think, oh, well, I can just treat it with doxycycline in a community. But what this case showed is that just because they had first degree heart block, it moved to, to complete heart block uh, rather quickly. And it wasn't clear from the article how sick the child was. You know, they were hospitalized. Um, but it certainly um, reminds me as a doctor to respect early Lyme disease and not just take it for granted. It also reminds me if I were in the hospital to follow very closely during the first day or two because that EKG that's abnormal may rather, may progress rather rapidly into something that's uh, serious. And when it comes to a pacemaker, there's a f- small window of opportunity that if you see complete heart block and heart rate slowing down and they're symptomatic, there's a window where you try to treat right away. If you treat, treat right away, 
you might not have to do a permanent pacemaker. You'd rather just have a resolve it without a pacemaker or put a temporary pacemaker uh, and, uh, and try to intervene because if it is heart block, um, we, we can have a great outcome if we treat it in a timely manner. And as the authors point out in this study, um, the, the, this case really illustrates that the signs and symptoms of cardiac disease, such as palpitations and chest pain, may be the chief complaint of patients with Lyme disease in a pediatric practice. Yeah, that's why the, all doctors have to be alert to heart block because it's not visible. You can't see it. You know it's going to be negative most of the time, but how do you um, take uh, take a child and intervene? In this case, a syncope in a 16-year-old. Syncope means you're going to pa- pass out or nearly pass out. That was a fresh Lyme, and it just so happened that uh, they were fortunate enough to go to the ER and diagnose it during the physical exam as an EM rash. Now, we have a number of questions that have come in about, um, about this case and about cardiac problems in, in general within Lyme patients. Can we go ahead and address some of those questions? Yes, Darlene. So Jill is asking, should patients with Lyme or co-infections with no cardiac symptoms get EKGs and electrocardiograms? If somebody has cardiac symptoms, I stress that they need to see a cardiologist. Most of them, with a child, take that seriously, get to a cardiologist. Or if it's a short-term issue, I I send them to uh, the emergency room. I'm just not finding much uh, in a routine primary care practice. I think most of the issues are in the emergency room. And how open um, or receptive have you found cardiologists to be uh, as far as Lyme triggering these, these symptoms? Well, I find most cardiologists in our area don't really want to address Lyme disease in the community setting. Yeah. So I ask them to at least do a cardiac workup, and they're quite receptive to doing the cardiac workup, but they're not so receptive to look, looking at Lyme, discussing Lyme, if they find something, uh, which is rare, then they'll address it. But they usually just want to focus on the EKG, the echocardiogram, their stress test, uh, or um, an autonomic uh, test. Get ticked off in New Hampshire is asking, if a patient has irregular heartbeats, has a positive Lyme test in the past, um, and then the, the Lyme test is run again and comes back negative. Uh, the topic and the conversation of Lyme as being a cause of these symptoms is often dropped by the clinician. So what can a patient do to advocate for themselves when local doctors are not educated and time is critical? Well, I, I look at the whole story because if they have Lyme, they often have a lot of other issues than just chest. So if you add up often fatigue, sleep problems, poor concentration, headaches, joint pains, and the heart, that's the kind of person that should get a uh, looked at for Lyme disease. Especially if they're young, they should be at a cardiologist. And if they're acutely having problems, they should go to the ER. Um, if somebody's been well for a while 
after treatment and they have the heart symptoms back again, it's still very important and, and useful to look at a cardiac problem in those acute settings if they have chest pain, palpitations, or syncope. Now, Christine is asking, I have heart block, AV block, even after years of oral antibiotic treatment. I'm 100% paced by a pacemaker. We often read that Lyme-induced heart block is reversible with antibiotics. So if it doesn't reverse from antibiotics, even in the presence of a positive Lyme test, should we assume it's not from Lyme? I always find that ticks don't care who they get a meal from. So they'll take a meal from people who have heart problems, rhythm problems. Many times they'll have something else going wrong and then they have Lyme disease. So that's why I always get a cardiologist involved. Even if I'm not sure it's related to the Lyme disease, it's still important to get the heart taken care of. Um, Now, once somebody's had Lyme disease and a rhythm problem, sometimes I'll never know if they're related. They're both very common illnesses. And so uh, I think until we have better technology, better ways to test, we may never know how many of those classic cardiac problems are related to tick-borne illnesses. So there's no certainty that antibiotics will reverse uh, a heart block in, in a patient that has Lyme disease. Well, I find that the you can be more assured if it's brand new in the first week of the illness or 10 days. If I deal with you know months or years later and they have a cardiac rhythm problem, Besides the cardiac workup, I'll often at least try to treat for Lyme if they have a bunch of other classic symptoms. Uh, I have plenty of people where I can't fix the heart problem, I can't fix the rhythm problem, their atrial fibrillation continues, even if I treat the Lyme. Uh, I also find that, that, let's say somebody have atrial fibrillation and Lyme, at least I can do something about their Lyme disease. i often not able to do anything for their atrial fibrillation. How do you determine if an active infection is driving the heart problems as opposed to permanent autonomic nerve damage? Well, the autonomic system, there's no really blood test for the autonomic part of the heart problem. It's, um, and kids seem to always have this autonomic problem. Or The way I see it is that the immune system is busy, the adrenaline is busy, the adrenaline is not quite able to allow you to get up, change positions, to lie down. And so um, when someone has autonomic problems, the, you know, they're difficult to diagnose, but we send them to a cardiologist. I find cardiologists are mixed in how, how to evaluate autonomic dysfunction. That's much more common in kids than the traditional Lyme carditis or traditional heart block, those autonomic nervous system issues. And how might those autonomic nervous systems um, symptoms present in a child? I think they're quite common. Maybe one one out of three kids, if you're if I'm careful and look careful, who I see. Now, if they just have a rash, you know, a lot of doctors just see a rash or a Bell's palsy, and get treated right away, they don't often get autonomic issues. But if they've been sick for a, a couple of months, they they often are lightheaded when they get up and 
or when they lie down, it's fleeting kind of lightheadedness. They, they will often have um, this, uh, this sense of uh, something wrong. They can't put their finger on, but it's not painful. The autonomic nervous system also controls the gut, so they often have a little bit of nausea or a little bit of stomachache when that happens. There's quite a few different types of autonomic dysfunction. I think that autonomic is underappreciated and it's not studied much. We have a tilt table where you get on a table and move up, move down, and they try to check your pulse and try to check your blood pressure and check how you feel. But the uh, autonomic is uh, is is certainly uh, something I'm getting to know and understand the importance in children. They're calling it POTS often. Um, positional, because it's a change in position. O is for orthostatic, which is when you lie down, sit up. T stands for tachycardic, so your heart's going fast, and syndrome. I would have probably called it positional orthostatic dizziness syndrome because dizziness is what you feel. You don't feel the tachycardia or fast heart rate. So that's why you hear a lot of discussion now of, of POTS related to the autonomic nervous system. So even though cardiologists have focused on Lyme carditis, the autonomic nervous system is, is uh, much more common in my practice. It's very disturbing to a child, especially if they want to be in sports, even being with their friends if they're lightheaded. It's disconcerting. Mark is asking, can post-acute Lyme disease or co-infections cause heart remodeling? And lastly, as we wrap up, uh, one of the readers, uh, Peter, is commenting that he was diagnosed after 16 years of being sick overseas in Australia. He was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. He was treated with antibiotics and then told he was cured. Several months later, he developed atrial fibrillation episodes. He says, I was told it was common and due to old age. I am 62. Ongoing cardiac symptoms have been attributed to anxiety or fibromyalgia. Is this typical of medical professionals when dealing with infectious diseases? Atrial fibrillation is quite common at that age. There's always a question, is there a reversible cause of atrial fibrillation? So I really haven't seen atrial fibrillations turn around in my practice. Uh, but when I see somebody with, with atrial fibrillation, they don't come to see me unless they have a lot of other symptoms. So the fact that they mentioned fibromyalgia meant that they're recognizing that there's a broad range of symptoms I usually break it up. I, I have the atrial fibrillation issue seen by the cardiologist. And as I treat their Lyme, if Lyme is the actual cause, um, I'm always hopeful that that will help some of the cardiac symptoms or it might help the palpitations. It might help the autonomic issues. Um, but atrial fibrillation is really important to, to take care of it so we don't. I always make sure that I include a cardiologist alongside uh, when I work with uh, somebody that could have Lyme disease. Well, thank you, Dr. Cameron, for talking about this, this important topic. And as we wrap up, I just want to conclude with what the authors of this recent study um, advised. And the authors are stating, any patient with suspected Lyme carditis manifesting cardiac symptoms, such as chest pain or EKG changes, should be admitted for parenteral antibiotic therapy and cardiac monitoring. 
it was certainly great that the parents knew enough to get to their kid to the 16 year old kid to the hospital. And it was good that the doctor looked, looked and found the uh, erythema migraine rashes and they acted accordingly. Well, great. Thank you again for talking about this topic and we look forward to many more in the near future. Thank you, Darlene.